Hello and welcome to Tabletop Treasures, your one-stop shop for everything tabletop and our silly opinions on it. I'm Kieran. I'm Ryan. And we're going to take you through some uh, lovely discussion today on a bunch of things. So, uh, to get started, um, we don't have a name for this section, but it's just going to be a discussion between me and the lovely Ryan here about uh, players and buying books. So... I've been working on something and I was talking to a friend and he was upset that um, to play something online with a group, he had to buy the books. Well, he already bought the books. He's like really into the thing that he's playing. But for the players to do it, they had to subscribe and buy the books as well to play in the online session with him. And I just thought that was kind of ridiculous. And I think... I know this is the way capitalism works, but the way a lot of these bigger uh, tabletop RPG companies are going where they're just, they're trying to gouge money out of every single person that possibly can. What I don't understand about this is tabletop books are one of the most easily piratable assets on planet earth. And all you're doing when you do these obscene monetary requirements is driving people to just download the PDF, which takes two seconds and is free. Maybe yes immoral no. or unethical, but. So I, I agree with you. <clears throat> I think at the table, that's what people are going to do. But to use something like a, uh, something in something beyond or one of the other apps that these big giant companies are making, you can't make your character in the app without owning the book that that class or that extra bit of lore or that spell is from. Like to assign that spell to your character, you need to own the book in the system that that's from. And that's how they get the people. They're like, well, you wouldn't want to be your one friend not using the app. Yeah, which I guess is why it surprised me when you told me this about this particular system because – um Look, let me make this clear. Fuck Wizards of the Coast. But D&D Beyond lets the Dungeon Master share their books. So you don't get that situation. And and you can argue about whether their prices are predatory and whether whether that system is good or not. Um, I know a lot of <laughs> I know a lot of people are very very opposed to the uh, online apps in general. Um people are very very uh, focused on buying the physical books and playing with the physical books and they think that the apps remove connection and people aren't actually learning how to play and I understand all of those arguments but um, at the very least that, I, I, you that's have this a bit main as itself I don't like that but continue yeah I, a lot of people a lot of people have that opinion <laughs> it's obviously as as um, D&D Beyond's number one subscriber um not an opinion I necessarily share. I think apps are fine. I think it brings new people to the medium. Um, I think people who otherwise would not be playing are playing because of those things. It's 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 fine, and that's that's separate to issues I have with wizards. Um, but my point here is that this is the main competitor for the game you're talking about, um, and for better or for worse their system of allowing only the DM to purchase the books and all of the players in the campaign get access to those books um, with a subscription fee, which is a whole different can of fish. But 
can of worms, kettle of fish, but um, <laughs> mixed metaphors. A box but, of salmon. <laughs> I'm shocking for that in game as well. I say the dumbest shit constantly. Um, what I mean is, it surprised me when when you said that about this system doing it the way they do it because the number one player in the field has a system that is functional and comparatively very fair. There's no, but it only works for that their book system. So, are they a competitor? If you're like, um, if you're playing a different set, and like that's the other thing, these things are becoming so like you can only use D and D Beyond for D and D, for the most part. Um, a lot of these things are becoming handcrafted for these things. Something like Roll Twenty, I really love. You can go use their um, very simple uh, character sheet where you can essentially make a character sheet from any type of game. You just have to type it in manually, but you can do it. And then you have editable health bars and stuff that you can chat ch- onto your tokens. That's a whole online system that's not logged in. Okay, well then at the very least, that's a competitor. Does does the system you're that talking is. about, and I, I know the system, I know the system you're talking about. Um, <laughs> we're clearly not saying it, but I know what you're talking about. Um, is that system available on Roll20? And um, is that something that would allow the I, so, to share yes, with their players? I have seen it. Um, but like D and D, I think some of the character stuff is locked down until you pay for it. Because I know, right? On roll twenty to get some of the stuff, you have to buy the books, and I think that's the only re- way they get the license to sell the books on there is if they agree to that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which I think and, circles back to piracy a little bit. I think maybe yeah. you just have to play with the books, physical yes. copies that you definitely so pay for and learn how to build well, a character. We play Scum and Villainy and you guys can use all the Scum and Villainy stuff because I've got it. I'm not sure if that yeah, works the great. same for D&D. Like, so I have a premium account for Roll20 so everyone can use mm. my stuff while they're in my games. That's great. Um, yeah. I, I really like that. I've only done that for Scum and Villainy. Don't know if it works the same for Call of Cthulhu, VTM, D and D. Haven't right. done it on and those. Licensing is complicated does, for those games. I'd hope it does, though. They're I, also I a lot more so expensive because Scum and Villainy cost very little, and it was—it's just—it was such a good investment. I think we've had such a good time with it. We've been playing that forever, um, and and I like that, and that's going to bring more people to your game. I mean, we're playing it in part because it's simple and it was cost-effective, and we thought, let's give it a go. It's bringing more people to <laughs> you know what? a smaller we game. We got it because Star Wars didn't have an online version anywhere. They only <laughs> have the yeah, physical books available, and we had yeah, to play yeah, Star online. Star Wars were weird about it. And that is strangely we full like, circle, isn't it? They didn't have decent online services, so we played something else. Well, it's basically like everything in it is Star Wars, not Star Wars. Hashtag. We could have just um, we could have just skinned it if we felt that badly about it. I think. I th- we absolutely I could have. I think you just would have made reading the rules occasionally uh, a bit more annoying. Yeah. So like, and, we and I'm, the I'm like, we're st- a lot. I think we're getting better, uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, exactly that. Like you've, and they don't because they don't want piracy, so their PDF is like available nowhere. Um. But by not allowing that, you've made it harder for people that just want to play online to buy your game. 
Yeah, I think the system you're talking about, if that's how the system works. Um, oh, sorry. That, that part I was talking about, the Star Wars one, because we're playing Scum and Villainy instead of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put yeah. their stuff online. But, so but to circle back to the, the major complaint <laughs> yeah. you started with, um, I think that's definitely a case of I would, how to, how to put this diplomatically, um, I would buy one copy of the core books in real life. Let's say that's what I would do. Um, and share those, allow my players to read those because whatever company isn't going to be kicking down my door and telling me my other players can't read my books. And if that means we don't have a companion app, um, I know you have some thoughts on companion apps, um, but if that I means we don't have going to make a companion app for every single tabletop out there, that is free to use. That is yeah, my current goal. The companion app, uh, like Mastermind. Um, there'll be a lot of people that hate me and a lot of people that love me. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, but it's good. It's bringing power to the people. 100%. Um, I, I just can't imagine that. I'm, I, I guess my point earlier was if that's your monetary system, are people doing that in your game that you play with this person? Um, I know he owns all the books because he loves that system. Are the players buying them because you have to, are they doing it? Are they getting so, the money off you? No, and this is why I'm working on a companion app. They mm-hmm. haven't released like a full version of their thing yet. It's like they've been working on it for like two years and stuff. I'm, gonna try, I'm trying to be vague, but um, yeah. So we're just not doing it. Uh, he's actually, and I think the players of this system in general are just really annoyed because he's just like, here's a player-made guide that's 400 pages that has everything from like the 12 books so you don't have to read 12 books. <laughs> yeah. Because like is- it's the same as D&D where they're like, all right, you've got this class and two of their pr- pr- uh new skills are in this book and then we've added one new subclass in this book and like you you just have to own everything um so the players made one and it's if you didn't know that it was made by like the community you would think it's official like the amount of art and stuff that they put into this thing is pretty impressive yeah, I mean, um, the community surrounding all of these games are really what breathes life into it. I mean, it's a community-based game. The, which the, makes the table me you play with so is your community and flabbergasted that companies like Wizards really want to fuck over the community. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's the C word. Um, money is the driving factor. Um, it's not. It, I don't it even think it's money. To, it's money and ignorance because until that company was bought by Hasbro they had an idea of like well we know how to make money and involve the community they got bought and then share was like what's this tabletop thing can you just jack the prices up yeah 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 which I guess is what I mean um and it's short term gains as well I mean we're not getting into Ugh. an economic podcast short term games too much focus on short term yeah, exactly. But that's what shareholders want. Shareholders want their money bigger now. And they want it now. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then these companies fucking go under. I mean, a lot of them are too big to fail, unfortunately. But um, oh, never say that. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. I mean, C- Critical Role is going to bat 
against wizards and they're probably the only people who can do it. So I'm uh, very Paizo? interested to see how that unfolds. Paizo are doing very look, don't get me wrong, Paizo are doing very well, but I don't think I mean, even with the disastrous PR Wizard has been making for themselves. And I love Paizo and I think Pathfinder is a fucking awesome game, but they weren't they weren't in a position to dethrone. D&D, even if they are, no. are a better game, even if they're a better company. So I don't like they can't do it in a night, but everything that they're doing, their video games are doing so well. D&D's video games, like they've had two flops now. Their movie did really good though, but here and there, like <laughs> they're doing more losses than they are hits. Yeah, I just think it's so ubiquitous culturally. Like D&D is synonymous with role-playing game, and I'm not saying that's a good thing, and I'm not saying I want that to be the case. I would just be so shocked. Kodak was synonymous with photos. <laughs> yeah, true, if there's some sort of major disruption. And I think, you know, maybe Critical Role is I think the major we're disruption. It. Anyway, back to our discussion. <laughs> We are seeing it, but yeah, back to our discussion. Um, I think one, if your um, DM is buying all the books, like let's say you start a campaign, do you think it is fair for them to be like, "Hey, can all the players chip in?" Like, let's say if they've got ten books, so everyone can have every option for every class. Like, let's say like you're playing at a table, and they've just like they've yeah. chucked ten books on the table. Like, hey, look through it all. Um, do you think it's fair for them to ask for money? I've never done that. I'm just curious as mm. to what people's mm. thoughts are on that. <laughs> yeah. Guys, give yeah. your DMs money. They put a lot of work into stuff. <laughs> I'm a DM. Send me money. Um, I'll leave my... Uh, Don't send Ryan money. DM send the GM at your table money. Notes. Send me... Uh, here's the thing. I've never asked my players to do it, and I wouldn't ask my players to do it, and I don't expect it from them. But I... Do think it's probably fair to at least have the conversation? I think to have the conversation and say, I'm thinking of buying a bunch more books. You guys would get more options. Do you want to chip in and do that? We all get to share them and access them. I don't think that's unreasonable. I don't do it. I just buy the books, but I could see Same, it in I doing I want to own the books, so I buy it. Um, mm -hmm. I've seen more often, though, these threads on different internet forums where GMs are sort of charging like, look, I have to put like four or five hours in before the session. So like $10 a person or something like that per session. That's pretty steep. I, I don't like that. Um, not but to say that if that is what you agreed with your group, that is not wrong. I just wouldn't charge that for my group. Um, to be honest, I'd just be happy if people bought me dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like we, very we actually, simply. <laughs> We actually cook dinner together before our games now, and um, that kind of that works is, for me. Like I contribute that's ingredients so as well. Awesome. I love it <laughs> for the for the most part. Like other people are bringing most things, and it's you know someone else will cook dinner, and, and that's nice. That's nice as a DM. Yeah, you know? we we would do that if like um, so for me and my partner, we have to put our kid to bed and do his dinner. So yeah. we're starting yeah. at eight. There's no that's, that's room a, for that that's type a of thing. for you that's not going to work. No. Yeah. That's totally uh, that fair. does sound lovely. I would love to do something like that. It just isn't possible. <laughs> <laughs> if we did that, we wouldn't be starting till like 9.30. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, totally fair. But but that's what I mean. Like there are other ways that people can show appreciation. Like people bring people bring 
treats and chips and candy and that sort of thing. So yes, that is good. I love my players, and I th- I feel very I feel very loved by them. So, but I, I I I don't know. I think the other thing, the other aspect is I've I mentioned it quite a lot on here that my players are, all, for the most part, especially since your brother stopped playing in my group, um, newbies. Damn him. <laughs> yeah, why did he move into state? Um, I, but he was very experienced. But apart from that, um, you know, they don't know. Uh, they're not as interested. Like, uh, for the most part, I'm the one who's You're the driving a podcast about it. I'm doing a podcast about it. Like, they all love the game, but they're not going home and, like, on D&D subreddits. And, well, they do a bit now. I think they're getting more and more into it, which is cute. But, like, there's no scenario where I'm like, hey, the new book, where one, well, let's say where one of them would come out and say, hey, there's a new book coming out with an option. I want to play in it. Can we all chip in to buy that? Which because is so they, they different from coming. my groups where all my players are like, have you seen this? This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I we're at the point now, like, that memes are big. They're, they are on the D&D subreddits and stuff for, like, the, we love the the memes and the culture and are stuff. Are they? Did yeah, those subreddits like, close? I, can't, I don't know which subreddits have closed. <laughs> I think the D&D one is. I think it's just locked now, so you can't post, but you can see it. I don't remember. But for the most part, like, don't get me wrong. I, I My players are super involved, um, and I could not complain. But, yeah, they're not They're not being like, oh, fuck, a new book comes out in two weeks. I'm going to line up at midnight for it. They'll just show up and play and have a good time and make I some jokes about that. it, which is all I want. People out the front of the store lining up at midnight for the new uh, tabletop book of whatever description it is. We should do it. Bring back midnight launches in general. I like them in theory, um, but now that everything's digital, like when I got, I think I got the Switch at midnight or something, but you couldn't play any of the games on it or you couldn't register your stuff until like it officially came out the next day because everything's digitally locked. Yeah. So like none of the online services were working. Everything coming out sooner here. Um, yeah, because our, our time yeah. is beforehand. So, so that really yeah. sucked. Here's the thing. Um, not that that would matter with a book, so let's go for it. <laughs> yeah, the, the book won't open until I, uh, Greenwich Mean there's Time. There's a lock. There's a magical seal on it. Here's the thing. I just want to stand in weird places at nighttime, okay? <laughs> let's go to a break. Hello and welcome back. We are going to do a character creator. And Ryan's going to do some sort of fancy evildoer. Boy, howdy, do I have an evildoer for you. You sound like one of those Shamwell ads from the 90s. <laughs> that's my dream job. I'm sad that that's not as much a thing anymore. I want to sell shitty jewelry on late night TV. It is. Um, you just it, it is literally on TV. This is a massive uh, off-the-rails thing. Um, but no, like when your parents watch stuff, and then you can go into, um, there's one at like the shopping center near me. It's an as seen on TV store and it sells stuff from those infomercials because those infomercials are still, still going. Because I, I walked past that store and I was like, you got to be fucking shitting me. Back to tabletop. <laughs> you know what? This is cooked because this actually ties, this is a segue into my guy. Do you like magical items? I hate them. I refuse, I refuse to use them. I love them. Yeah, continue. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, this might not be the guy for you then. Um, let's assume. 
let's assume you like magical items. Let's assume you love magical items. Let's assume you're a player and you're a player who um, wants to go get some magical items. I thought, I thought in my monkey brain, what if there was a guy who didn't want you to have those magic items? What if there was a guy who wanted those magic items before you did? And that's how I got to an antagonist I'm calling the Prospector. Now He already sounds evil and I love it. <laughs> it's such an intimidating name. I think... It either sounds evil in every other context or you're doing a Wild West campaign. <laughs> we are a little bit. We're in the we're in the West a little bit in my campaign. And actually that's a good point. Um if you're in if you're in my game and you're listening to this, no you're not. Tune out now. Um because this guy is coming. He's fucking coming for you. And he will punish you for the This episode doings. won't air for like four weeks. You're good. Okay. Let's go do it before then. Well, if you're listening to this after that, I hope he fucked you up. And what the prospector is, look, he's evil. I'm glad you said that because that's the that's the vibe. The vibe is we're thinking Darth Vader. We're thinking Zerg from Toy Story. Those masked, faceless villains with um, automaton voices, like augmented computer-esque voices. Um, he's a warforged. He's this big, lumbering, I'm going to use Star Wars again because I'm not creative, but like General Grievous figure. He has the long, spindly legs. Um, he has this this weird face with the glowing red eyes. He has a little uh, hat on. Why not? But he also has um, the defining feature would be his his body is a big furnace and he has these like billowing smoke stacks behind him um, and the can, orange glow. Can you, since you're the, calling the, him the prospector, like, glows. Yes. Sorry, because uh, <laughs> you said you're not creative, and <clears throat> when you said prospector and Wild West and General Grievous, that immediately made me think of a guy like a Monopoly Man type of guy, big mustache, but everything about him like you open up his like trench coat and it's just mechanical stuff under there yeah it's if, not if the monopoly man fell in lava and became a robot yeah that I'll sounds amazing 100 percent. <laughs> yeah so this guy i want the intimidating i want the i play in person so i can't do like voice augmentation but i would do the darth vader voice if i could um i know what's possible to do in real life but i can't be fucked. you have to um, be james l jones or have a voice modulator <laughs> Yeah, and I'm it's neither the only of those way. things. Uh, I could be James L. Jones. We don't know really, but um, Kieran and James L. Jones present tabletop treasures. That's let's see if we can get him as a guest. Um, the premise of this character um, is: if your party's seeking out a magical item, guess who got there first? This guy. Um, what I'm. Like my party is after a very like a game a game changing magical item at the moment. They're after the Deus Ex Machina. They're after the thing that will let them stop the big bad. Um, and I've never, I don't think I've ever really thrown a challenge like this at them before. But this guy is going to be there. He's going to have a Wild West esque gang of who knows at the moment. Um, he has his own magical item. He has his own weapon, which I'm thinking is in the form of a, like a big fuck off shovel that they will probably take after they inevitably kill him. I love um, it. Which, which will have some magical properties. I don't know. But he's also, I hope he domes at least one player with it. If I can get one player killed with this guy with the shovel, I will sleep happy. Um, 
I'm joking. I it makes me miserable when I kill a player because my players are always really sad about it. Um, it doesn't but, make me miserable. It's like it's a good good moment. Yeah, I love um, storytelling. Can, can the Deus Ex Machina sure. that kills him be a cassette tape that they have to like put into his back? <laughs> like they, they actually have to click it, and it does the slow like the door slowly hinges out, and they have to slide. It. <laughs> I, I I love the idea of killing um like cyborg players with a virus. That sort of thing is also very funny. Um I'm open to It's a cassette tape that think? has re-recordings of his um when he was like really alive, his mother uh telling him off for something and it just Martha. like cool. Yeah, Martha. Just it, it just crumbles Martha. him. Uh I really I like it. Like well. the the story of like Whatever you're trying to find, he gets there first. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I love it. It's so He's what I would expect. Nature. Yeah, it's so what I would expect for that type of guy. Um, reminds me a lot of like, um, though like a lot of the TV shows you see with like the really poor families, how they uh try and like get things and like get the TVs and sell them all out on Black Friday then start reselling them yeah, on eBay sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that is this guy. Like just this guy's obviously doing it cuz he's just evil but like the real dodgy shit people need to do just to like this is yeah. this is our capitalism. Oh, he could have a traumatic backstory. He could absolutely have a traumatic backstory. My players will never find out because they would just murder him for sure. As is the way. <laughs> so that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking of this as a force of nature, and this is obviously plug and play. Like he could show up anywhere. He could show up in any campaign. He he just if you're if you want that last bit of additional challenge for your players to get this magical item, I think that's what this guy's purpose is. I love it. Sounds like a really good NPC for like a Sky Pirate TTRPG or a Scum and Villainy uh, session. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you wanted to, uh, if you wanted to use that idea, I, I definitely um, think I could. Now, what he does with the magical items, I think that's up to you. I mean, the idea of the furnace I had in his chest is he could probably just destroy most of them. Maybe he's looking for one particular thing, and your party, if they don't manage to stop him in time, watch him destroy the magical item they've been searching for for weeks or months. I think that adds an I, element of. I would terror. have thought he would sell them to other evildoers. Like he, he kind of runs his own grey market sort of thing. Yeah, I like Not that. Black, that because nothing he's selling is illegal, but like mm. he's taking these things off the market and putting it through his own private channels would be like one of the, like because if he's taking magical items and destroying them, like for the most part, that might actually be a good thing. Yeah, but maybe that's some, you know, an ethical uh, quandary your party can deal with is this magical item could actually do a lot of harm in the wrong hands. I don't think I've met a player that would look at that as an ethical challenge but like, kill the guy, taking away our items. Players don't have ethics, unfortunately. Kill (laughs) Um, him. Speaking of whether or not DMs should pay for things, I am thinking mandatory, like, ethics class for my players. (laughs) I know, I know what you mean. It's hard. You have all these. I think that's the thing with this game as well. You have all these ideas that would probably make a pretty good, um, like book. 
But what the players, what I can't say now is what the players are going to do with this guy. And I can joke about them being rascals as much as I like, but I know what they're going to do with him is amazing. I know I'm going to laugh my ass off. I know it's going to add to his story in ways like you can never do by yourself. I think that's what's magical. If I can get a bit sappy, that is what's magical about tabletop. I have no idea what's going to happen to this guy next week or the following week, but it's going to be crazy. Um, I approve. And that was a bit of a short one, but... Um, I think maybe we can we can end on that. On yeah, that we had a long note. first section. It's all <laughs> um, good. As usual, give a shout out if you uh, if you like that idea, if you feel like using it, if you have any additional ideas for him, please please I drop still, a line. I don't know if people would want this, but I'm still keen on <clears throat> maybe us releasing the characters we come up with, like even just like small backstories, maybe some stat blocks. I, um, I would love to do that. Actually, it's time, uh, but yeah. Oh, do you know what would be good, actually? If we did, like, short 30, 60-second TikToks just going over the character, like, here he is, using your stuff. That's a good idea, actually. YouTube shorts, TikToks, Instagram reels. We're just I don't know why reels just sound stupid to me. I don't know why they named it that. <laughs> I'm surprised that seems to have taken off, too, but I can never predict these things. Can anybody? Anyway, um, if you would like to drop us a line, we are available on uh, Twitter for now at uh, TTRPG Treasures. Um, you can also shoot us an email at tabletoptreasurespod at gmail and uh, tabletoptreasurespod.com if anyone still visits websites. What is a website? Now, when this episode airs, when you listeners are listening to it, the following weekend is this thing in Adelaide called Avcom. And me and Ryan will be there. We will be <coughs> playing lots of TTRPGs. We will be probably maybe doing some five-minute interviews. What I would like to know is if people would love to hear some of those five-minute interviews or what kind of content you would expect from us from that. I think we're going to find some really cool undiscovered tabletop RPGs from the local scene, which it would be really I nice so to too. signal boost some of that. Um, yeah, we're going. If you are around in this little place called Adelaide and Avcon, come say hi to us. Um, maybe we'll get some shirts or something. We'll have badges that say <laughs> tabletop treasures on it. I'm we'll excited have, that we get badges. Say. But yeah, I think we'll have a lot to gain. Um, and we might have to do like a special like 45 minute episode or something because there's going to be a lot uh, for us to talk about. Special. Yeah, we'll we'll be, be find out how to stop talking anyway. It'll probably be a three-hour episode. <laughs> yes, it would, might be. But, <laughs> yeah, um, would love to know what people want to see from that. I think there's going to be so – like we're never going to be able to cut up, cover everything there, which I think is cool. Yeah, there's um, so much. Happy with that. But, yeah, Ryan, continue taking us out. Take us out. Give us your suggestions. Go and get that treasure in real life at Avcon. Bye.